Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. Omicron is spreading. Absolutely get boosted. The Democrats own the defund the police movement. We have seen an increase in crime. The Democrats have this wrong. And we cannot have that lawlessness. Elections matter. As we look to 2022. I want to tell my Republican friends, get ready, pal. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome in. It is a political trivia Thursday. We'll play in a little while your uh, category, International Christmas Celebrations. Okay, it's a little bit of a stretch to call this a political trivia question, but uh, it's more Christmas. But hey, it's the season, all right? We've got a good prize package. Santa Claus a Democrat or Republican? <laughs> guess he's giving things away i guess he's a democrat huh oh don't say that <laughs> all children all across eastern north carolina are now in tears come on been, man oh i don't i don't think that's our target market uh, well <laughs> i might be crying to keep it up wnct is reporting health officials say an omicron variant case of covid19 has been detected in pitt county pitt county's health director john silvernail announced on thursday he was notified by biden medical center the first Omicron variant case of COVID-19. In a press release from the Pitt County government, health officials say the variant was identified through the Viden Brody School of Medicine COVID-19 sequencing laboratory. This reportedly the second detected case in North Carolina. There was another case down in Mecklenburg County. The person here in Pitt County, a 30-year-old, has not been identified, tested positive for COVID-19 earlier in December. They are currently... Eh, pretty much recovered at this point. Uh, they're still isolated at home. Silvernail said, I am not surprised that the Omicron variant has made an appearance in Pitt County and uh, the increase of travel and close gatherings due to holiday season have made transmission more likely. I anticipate the cases will be identified more cases over the next few days and weeks to come. But again, we have heard from some of the uh, experts that, uh, you know, this could be a blessing in disguise that the symptoms are very mild and you might get immunity through it. So it's everything I've heard. I think there's been one death globally, very mm. few hospitalizations, and uh, most of the symptoms are like a mild cold. So with the, you've seen some recent spikes in cases in North Carolina, uh, pretty much every county. Uh, not, I don't know, not dramatic, but pretty pretty decent rise when they were falling so i guess that's the delta variant if it's only two in north carolina the omicron i guess it's that's the delta variant is it or is it the omicron yeah i mean now they have identified two cases in the state but how many again how many people will get the omicron and it's so mild they wouldn't even think anything about it i Mm. i I think that's going to be a pretty common theme with the omicron Hopefully, it will be a blessing in disguise. Interestingly, though, just came out this afternoon, late this afternoon, a CDC advisory panel is now recommending that you use the Pfizer or the Moderna vaccines over the Johnson & Johnson. Uh, Apparently, the Johnson & Johnson has had some issues. And and by the way, the Johnson & Johnson has just been administered just a fraction of the amount um, as compared to the other two vaccines. But apparently there's some blood clotting issues with the Johnson & Johnson. And uh, they're now saying don't get the Johnson & Johnson, especially if you're a uh, 
woman between the ages of 30 and 49, they're most affected by the blood clotting issue. Uh, It's not highly common, but it's one in 100,000. There have been nine deaths related to the Johnson & Johnson vaccine through September. But here's, here's my only comment on that. I mean, I'm glad they've come out and I'm glad they've said that. But that is not what they were telling us mm. just a few months ago. They were telling it it's safe. Don't worry about it. Go out and get it. You're unpatriotic if you don't. You have nothing to worry about. And uh, the, the, the response to that, the skeptics were saying, well, wait a minute. Normally you test these vaccines for years. These vaccines have been tested for weeks, maybe a few months. And now you're saying you guarantee them? <laughs> and uh, so now they have been tested. I think it's been, uh, how many times has it been administered in America? I want to say 450,000. Wow. Where the other has been administered millions. Uh, don't quote me on that. But um, Well, you know, early on, the, the effective rate for the J&J was, you know, low, the lowest of the three. <clears throat> uh, check that. J&J, 16 million as compared to 470 million of the Pfizer. Yes, yeah, so that's a big deal. Yeah. And, you know, it was released an hour ago, about time the markets closed. And accordingly, their stock is down about half a percent after market after trading. After market. Yeah. Well, and this this information is just now coming out. So, although I guess the big traders knew about it and responded immediately. Oh, yeah. There's no secrets on Wall Street. But, um, again, you know, don't tell us everything's fine after you have tested your um so basically the 16 million people that got the johnson and johnson vaccine were the guinea pigs yep pretty much and you know we have heard there we had a quote a couple of weeks ago about uh, who, who was it that that said we need to have these children take the vaccine so we can find out basically we can find out how they react to it mm-hmm. they more or less saying that let's use live kids as live guinea pigs to as, see the reaction as dr Fauci would say that's the big red flag yeah uh, yeah where is it clark <laughs> the uh speaking of uh covid though joe biden got sort of a punch in the gut yesterday airline ceos were up on capitol hill and uh ceos for american airlines and ceos for south west airlines uh, they came out and and well, l- let me quote the American Airlines CEO Doug Parker, quote the airplane is the safest place you can be indoors, safer than the ICU. Um, multiple CEOs for airlines came out and said you do not need to be wearing a mask on an airline. It is the air in these airplanes are highly filtrated, and uh, it's it's the safest place to be. The uh, and, and what's interesting about this, just two weeks ago, Joe Biden issued an executive order extending masking requirements for air and rail transportation until March 2022. Then they hold this. And listen, the Democrats are in, in charge. So I, I don't know who called together this uh, testimony on Capitol Hill. But if the <laughs> Democrats thought it would help their liberal cause, it backfired on them. You know, an airplanes the one place. I don't have so much of a problem with because I feel like I want to wear a hazmat suit just because you have people, you know, they walk in and they got their pajamas on and they've got bre- breakfast spilled on, <laughs> they got breakfast spilled on their pajama tops. It's just the nastiest place on the planet. Yeah, I, it, you know, I I I'm dating myself here, but I uh, remember when you got on an airliner 
Uh, you wore a coat and tie, and mm-hmm. uh, they served you on China and with silverware. A 20-year-old college student was my first air travel. I went alone to New York, and I had on a jacket and tie because yeah, my yeah. mom said, hey, you dress up when yeah, you do. Yeah. So. And one of the nicest airlines was the old Piedmont Airlines. And I flew Piedmont. And uh, that was the that was the last class act. Mm-hmm. I was so disappointed when U.S. Air bought Piedmont out because that was the last airline that they they treated you like you were something special. And their flight attendants were, um, let's just say, aesthetically pleasing for the most part <clears throat> back okay. in the back in the day. Okay, okay. Well, that was a long time ago. Yeah. Back when you were single, right? Yeah, that's right. Identity politics very much alive in the Democrat Party. Senator Jeff Jackson, out of Democratic nomination for the North Carolina 2022 U.S. Senate race, announcing his decision via social media. Jackson has now endorsed the person he was running against, former Supreme Court Chief Justice Cherry Beasley. Uh, The Carolina Journal had speculated that this was coming. They learned from multiple sources, both Democrat and Republicans, yesterday that Jackson would be leaving the race, and indeed he announced it today. Jackson has been considered one of two Democrat frontrunners seeking the nomination to replace the retiring Richard Burr in the U.S. Senate. Jackson's state Senate district covers part of Mecklenburg County. Jackson had been recently telling supporters and Democrat elected officials of his plans. Earlier this year, he visited all 100 counties in North Carolina. Sources indicate that once former state Senator Erica Smith dropped out of the U.S. Senate race to run for the newly drawn congressional seat in eastern North Carolina, Jackson and his advisors came to the conclusion that a, are you ready for this? That a white male candidate could not defeat an African-American female in the Democratic primary. Mm. Now, it's Wonder interesting. Why. Well, you know, we've been told for decades that the Democrat Party is the party of diversity. And that Republicans were just a bunch of old stodgy white guys and everybody was just a clone of everybody else. Uh, interestingly, how things have flip-flopped on that. Mm-hmm. Who, who's the, where, which party lacks diversity now? <laughs> uh, I mean, and, and you look across the Republican Party and uh, that's the party that has got all kinds of ethnic backgrounds, uh, men, women, black, white. Now, I recognize that, you know, the blacks are still up and coming in the Republican Party, but they are still taking a, a, a more dominant role year after year after year. And yet in the Democrat Party, I mean, how, how is it diverse? I mean, where's the diversity of ideas, first of all? Yeah. Well, it's so far left now, there is no diversity. No. In fact, if you have an idea other than the far left progressive, you are demonized and run out of the party. Yeah. That, I mean, that's why they – I mean, they lost – I mean, the Democrat Party lost some good people that transferred over to uh, either unaffiliated or if they were running for office. You know, there's a lot of Democrats that turned Republicans in the last By the way, there was, years. A, there was another Democrat uh, member of the congressional house that uh, – dropped out yeah that was uh, from california guy from california was a lifetime politician uh was it loventhal or uh something like that something like that just announced that well jeff jackson was uh well i referred to him to cal cunningham 2.0 which (laughs) i guess was not fair because you know cal cunningham had those clinton-esque morals (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) yeah that that, morals of an alley cat the um 
but yeah, Jackson was raising a lot of money. Yeah. He got into the race before Beasley did, mm-hmm. and Beasley's pretty much caught up with what he has raised. But I guarantee you, if you go look at the num well, I don't know where Jackson's money came from, but I guarantee you uh, the vast majority of Beasley's money is from out of state. Oh, guarantee it. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, again, how diverse can you be if you throw in the towel, not on ideas, but because you're not the right color? Well, they just, I mean, they're behind the scenes. You're saying, guys, we can't play the race card if Jeff Jackson's in the race. Well, yeah. <laughs> Bottom line, yeah. that's, that's, that's being talked about. You know it is. One wonders, though, it, 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 will it play if that's what they want to do? Will it play? And my other question is, what will Jeff Jackson get out of this deal? Something out of the deal. I wish, but uh, my hunch is strong. I he's speculate. Got he will run for attorney general and josh stein the current attorney general that doesn't represent north carolina represents the party will run for governor that's my prediction the uh as we have talked about on numerous occasions this case concerning a voter id as well as putting a cap on the income tax uh the naacp is amongst other folks um trying to to sue over this uh this case the case concerning the electoral maps going to the supreme court there's been a lot of pressure that republican justices to step aside junior uh, Bar- mm, um tamara tamara maybe? barrington both republicans well now the republicans are pushing back they're now talking about the fact that anita earls also ought to step aside it making the two root side the letter's attorney martin representing the uh, republicans in this writes in her role representing the naacp earls labeled the general assembly the north carolina general assembly as usurpers that's the same argument plaintiffs in the current case are using to block state constitutional amendments for voter id and lowering a state income tax cap so his point is, okay, well, the, the people that are suing the General Assembly, they're calling them usurpers, and that is the same label that Earls called the General Assembly when she was representing the NAACP. So yeah, yeah. It, it's going to be interesting to see whether the Democrats now back off. First of all, I— to me, if if you're uh, according to law, I would just say that the two Republicans ought to just say stick it where the sun don't shine. Well, that's where I was going. I, I actually think the Republicans made a mistake bringing up Earls just because y- y- you argue on the law, argue right. what the law says about the two sitting justices. Only they can determine if they're you know that's independent. That's how I read it, and that's and how most people read it. So, so to me, don't bring up a counter-argument. Well, if you're going to do that, we're going to do this. Right. Just stick with the law and keep politics out because of it. Because when, that, when, when you do what they're proposing, uh, basically, yeah, you are giving legitimacy to something that's illegitimate. Well, I just uh, – yeah, I, I think that's a mistake, but, you know. But they didn't they call know, you up. They didn't call time. me up and ask me, and, you know, my law degree, I hadn't passed at the bar yet. I hadn't, taken, <laughs> hadn't been to law school either, so maybe I'm wrong on that. You haven't stopped at the bar either, but <laughs> – well, yeah, a lot, done a lot of a lot of ten and bar on one side, but not the other. Hey, we gotta take a time out. <laughs> Lots more to talk about. Stay with us. News and views continues right after this.
This is your Drive at Five, an ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in. It is a political trivia Thursday. We'll plan a little bit. Take a quick look at your weather forecast. Uh, get out and enjoy. Partly cloudy tonight, 56, but Friday, a high near 75 with lots of sunshine. Saturday, partly sunny, high near 76. The showers come in late Saturday night. Chance of precip Saturday night, late 60%. Sunday morning, a chance of more rain. Sunday's high, only around 57. Monday's high, only around 49. So get out and enjoy the uh, pretty weather while we've got it. By today, uh, it's it's um, that time of year where uh, your diet sort of goes out the window. Today, December the 16th, is National chocolate covered anything day hmm i was asked do i ever had chocolate covered bacon no but i think i would like it two great foods bacon and chocolate <laughs> yeah bacon with uh maple syrup is good bacon with anything yeah. is good yeah it's really good getting hungry so jen Saki was asked earlier today by a reporter Although I think she, I think she tweeted these answers. What was the administration's single biggest foreign policy success this year? <laughs> and Saki gave three answers. First of all, she pointed to the work the administration has done reclaiming our leadership role in international institutions. What does she mean by international institutions? Mm. And reaffirming reaffirming ties with foreign partners to address the biggest challenges of our time. Are you kidding me? This is what you have first? I mean, first of all, this is a totally nebulous answer. I mean, how how do you define what that success looks like? You can't calculate it. But how can you even attempt to go there after the total catastrophe in Afghanistan? Mm. And all of our allies that we had in that conflict are all trying to keep it PG, all irritated, livid at Joe Biden and his administration. Just this past Monday, Biden admitted he has left hundreds more U.S. citizens behind in Afghanistan. And two, you know, three days later, she says, oh, yeah, yeah, the the economy. Now, she didn't she didn't mention Afghanistan by name, but to say that we have reclaimed our leadership role and we have, uh, you know, reaffirmed our ties with other country, other countries think Joe's useless and dangerous. And frankly, they are irritated, strongly irritated that they put money and lives into Afghanistan for him to have pulled out like they did. Yeah. And some countries we've just, well, been, well, um, keep it PG. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We just, uh, we just succumbed to their (laughs) demands. Let's just say that. Oh yeah. Uh, can you say Russia? Can you say China? I, I'm sure. I'm sure. When she was asked that question, she opened that three ring binder and flipped through the tab that said international or whatever. <laughs> you know that that's, that statement is so well, generic. App- apparently, she was asked this a couple days ago, and it was. Uh, let, let me get back to you. Let on me that. get back to yeah, you on that. I'll circle around on that. Yeah, we, we're going to search for some some foreign policy successes in the last year. We'll get back to you next week. Saki then said another success was the administration's role in delivering vaccines, not only nationwide, but globally. 
She said the U.S. had been a driving force in encouraging economic recovery following the pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to For who? Not for the United States, you haven't. All they've done is written a check. I mean, <laughs> I mean, basically paid for and, it. And screwed the taxpayer. Yeah. And why, and why are we seeing inflation? Mm. Um, but I, I, again, no mention when, – whenever – the vaccine comes up. It's it's funny how they never mentioned Donald Trump and what his administration did. Yeah, Trump's she, vaccine. She additionally pointed to the U.S. renewed involvement on top issues like climate change. So you know that was going to be one. So, I mean, are you kidding me? That's it? Climate change and uh, we've reunited ties with other countries and the vaccine. They're his three biggest foreign policy accomplishments. And she didn't mention it. Russia's racing to the border, yeah. border of Ukraine. And China's racing to Taiwan. Mm-hmm. They're buzzing Taiwan as we speak. And just waiting to go to Afghanistan to start digging for for uh, battery dust. <laughs> Critics of the Biden administration have claimed U.S. adversaries are taking advantage of Biden's weak foreign policy, as you have just said. The administration, in turn, has argued, are you ready for this, they're reeling from bad policy decisions left over from the Trump oh, administration. My goodness. Yeah. Hmm. The old... Barack Obama blame the previous president. Barack Obama blamed George Bush for anything for eight years. Anything and everything. So we were talking yesterday about London Breed, the San Francisco mayor. That's how, her name. How hmm. she f- suddenly got a come to Jesus meeting and and uh, had this you know road to Damascus revelation that uh, maybe maybe our policies concerning crime and judicial activism and you know how we're enforcing the law you know now now she won't admit there was a problem in fact if you notice how the democrats now are going around saying no no we never said that we were for defunding the police oh my goodness earlier today senator kennedy of louisiana was grilling a biden nominee to the united states district court for the district of nevada her name is ann rachel trom he asked her repeatedly if she thought judges should forgive criminal misbehavior in the name of social justice. Now, he, I mean, that is such a critical question because he hits the nail on the head when he asks that question, because that is precisely why we have this, these mobs going in and robbing stores blind. Um, now, this is, a, a, this is about a three-minute interview, but it's worth the listen because um, as you're going to find out now, she's, she's probably going to be approved. The Democrats will vote for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, unbelievably so. They'll, they'll vote for her. And if it's a tie, you know, uh, Kamala. Cacklin. Cacklin Kamala, the laughing hyena, will come in and break the tie. But here's the give and take as Senator John Kennedy. Not, was it, is it John Kennedy? I think it yeah, John, John Kennedy yeah, from yeah. Louisiana. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whenever you say that, you always think of JFK. Um, grilled and Rachel Trom. Professor Trom, do you, do you think we should forgive criminal misbehavior in the name of social justice? Senator, thank you for that question. I recognize that all issues of crime and all responses to crime are fundamentally policy issues. Those are important issues. They're important for our community and our nation. But I leave those policy issues to policymakers. I'm not, I asking, your, I'm not the, asking your opinion as a judge. I'm asking your opinion as a person, as a law professor. Now, do you, do you think that criminal misbehavior 
illegal act should be forgiven in the name of social justice. So, Senator, I do believe that all criminal policy is a fundamentally a policy issue. Yes, ma'am, um, but do you think, those- as a person, as a professor, that an illegal act should be forgiven in the name of social justice? Senator, that is not a view that I have taken in my work. And what so I that's say- no? Is your answer no? Senator, in my I think this is really straightforward. An illegal act should be forgiven. Pretty simple. Sir, I believe that we have criminal laws, criminal laws that are created by policymaking bodies well, like you, this one. I, we, I got all that. Do you believe that a criminal act should be forgiven in the name of social justice? So, Senator, we have not only criminal laws, but we have a criminal process by which People come before the court with a crime, and I have enormous respect for that process. I do, too. Do you believe that a criminal act should be forgiven in justice? Senator, when people come before the court, if they are charged with a crime, that is a highly individualized and fact-specific process. I agree. Do you believe that a criminal act should be forgiven in the name of social justice? Senator, I don't think that I could say with respect to any particular case or as a generality with respect to any category of cases. Do you not have an opinion? I don't have a view to share on how any particular kind of case should be handled. Do you have a view on my question? I do not have a viewpoint to share on how any particular case should be handled. I didn't ask that. I I can tell you don't want to share it. I got that part. Do you have a view? I don't understand why you won't answer my question. You're going to, if you're confirmed, you're going to be a federal judge. I I join my good friend, Senator Durbin, in in saying that judicial and temperament is is important. But I think being unbiased is even more important. And I find it incredible that you won't answer my question. So I'm going to ask it again. Maybe it's me. Do you believe that we should forgive a criminal act in the name of social justice? Senator, I share the view that we should be unbiased, but I also share the view that our criminal justice system and our process is very individualized. So what should happen in any particular case is a matter of the process and the very specific do, do facts you believe in that case. that a criminal act should be forgiven in the name of social justice? Any case is always highly individualized based on the process and the fact. What's your favorite color? Blue. Thank you. <laughs> I got one. I'm one for about 20. I can't vote for you. Not if you're not going to answer questions. I mean, that was embarrassing. Thank goodness for John Kennedy. <laughs> I like John Kennedy. He's he's uh, he's, he's my favorite yeah. favorite by new, far. Yeah, that I'd far. like to just sit down and have yeah. a, have a drink yeah. with and. I you know and is that I don't have a view to share, and she was honest. She has a view, but she ain't going to share it because her view would put her right in the category that is causing all these flash mob robberies we're seeing all over these mm-hmm. large cities, and and we want to we want to make her the the Democrats Joe Biden wants to make her a district judge for the District of Nevada. And, and, you know, just the other day, Jen Psaki was, well, more exact, Jen Psaki said the other day that she didn't know why it was happening. 
Um, it was, I guess, yesterday, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi appeared clueless as to why retail theft has been on the rise. She's clueless. She, well, she's overall clueless. She uh, was asked about the smash and grab attacks. It's absolutely outrageous, she said. Obviously, it can't continue. But the fact is, there's an attitude of lawlessness in our country that springs from I don't know where. Maybe you do, but we can't have that lawlessness. None of it is acceptable. It has to be stopped. The White House has also spoken out about the rising crime rate. Uh, we've seen some of these extremely disturbing videos showing retail theft. Jen Saki said state and local leaders like Gavin Newsom have identified this is a serious concern. We agree. Well, part of the problem out in California is that anything under $1,000 is a misdemeanor. Mm. So you can go in with 80 people and uh, everybody can get $1,000 a piece. As long as you're under 1000 they're not going to do anything to you. Um, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, she says it's all fiction. She says it's not happening. Typical Nancy Pelosi, typical gated community liberal that, I mean, she doesn't have to deal with this crime. And she just, uh, now that it's so common throughout the United States, I mean, the Democrats can't run from it. And to your your point earlier, you know, they didn't... um, you know, they, they cried that they didn't say defund the police, which that's not true. A lot of Democrats did. Absolutely. But more importantly, all Democrats almost did not denounce that right. defund the police. Yeah. So They're guilty by their yeah, silence. Yeah, you, uh, exactly. I mean, you got to take a position, either defund it or not. Yep. Hey, let's light. 618255 is the number to call. Got a great prize package and a fun question. International Christmas celebrations is your category. And I'm being a little uh, liberal. Oh, I'm liberal? I'm liberal with uh, calling it political trivia today. Let's put it that way. I know, I know. 561 Got a great prize package. We'll play political trivia when we get back. Give us a call. Give us a call, 561-8255. Time for political trivia, your category, International Christmas Celebrations. Your prize package includes a free round of golf, nice gift certificate from Ironwood Golf Course. Also, a gift card to University PC Care, a $20 gift card to Gwendy's Goodies Bakery in Aden, a $20 gift card to Mucho Bueno for lunch or dinner, Mucho Bueno Real Mexican Street Food, a gift certificate from Fit for Life, including two free training sessions with a coach, and a free oil change for your car or pickup at Dave Davis's East Carolina Chrysler Dodge Jeep or at Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, 561-8255. Remember, if you or anyone in your immediate family has won recently, well, uh, let 60 days pass before you play again. 561-8255. You're kidding me, right? <laughs> Come on, you chickens. Get out here. 561-8255. International Christmas Celebrations. Uh, okay, do I give the question first and then see if anybody knows it? This is, uh, here we go. All right, here's your question. I mean, we've never had to do this before. We Usually the phones are all lit up. Here's your question. As it is in the United States, the number one Christmas Day feast in England centers around an entree of roasted turkey. That has not always been the case, though. It's been that way for a number of decades, but prior 
to a Christmas dinner of turkey. Here's your question. What was the most popular item on the English table for Christmas dinner? 561-8255. It is a traditional Christmas dinner. It's now turkey. Prior to that, what was the most popular? Let's go to Paula. Hi, Paula. Hey, Paula. Hello. What do you think? Ham. Well, um, you're sort of warm, but that's not it. I need something a little bit more specific, but I will say that you're warm, and that will be a hint for somebody else. 561-8255. Thank you, Paula. So what was the most popular item on the dinner table prior to turkey in England? And once you know the answer, uh, it sort of makes sense. Is Mark, is that he's in? Mark from Jacksonville. Hey, Mark. Hey, Mark. Hey, what's up, guys? How are you, sir? What do you think? All right. Hey, can you tell me the question again? Because uh, I had to. All right, here you I go. I heard the question again. As it is in the United States, the number one Christmas Day feast in England centers around an entree of roasted turkey. It's been that way, very popular feast for a number of decades. But prior to that, a Chris, prior to a Christmas dinner of turkey, what was the most popular item on the English table for Christmas dinner? This was considered the traditional Christmas dinner for a number of years prior to turkey becoming the most popular. Duck is not it. Good guess. Not it. Thanks, Mark. That was in the movie Christmas Story. That's true. It was. (laughs) 561-8255. Who you got? Let's go to Shelly. Hi, Shelly. Hey, Shelly. Hi. What do you think? Well, you kind of said something about ham, so let's try bacon. Bacon, again, you're warm, but that's not it. I need something pretty specific. But they actually had that for breakfast on Christmas morning. So uh, that's not it. But thanks, Shelly. 561-8255. Let let me say this. You, you, You sort of have zoned in on the right animal. Let's go to Nancy. Hi, Nancy. How are you? I'm great. How about you? We're doing great. What do you think? What was that popular item that was uh, the traditional Christmas dinner for decades? Well, with all that you've said, I'm going to say pig, maybe roasted pig. I need something more specific. I need something more specific, but uh, you're you're all over it. You're all over it, yeah. So uh, I'll give you a second guess. Oh, she's gone. Okay. Well, Nancy, call back. I'll give you a second guess. 561-8255. Let's go to Jimmy. Hey, Jimmy. Hey, Jimmy. Hey, Tom. I was going to say the same thing. Roast uh, roast pork. Uh, okay. All right. You got the right zip code. I need something more specific, though. Uh, button. Mutton, well, that no, that's a whole different animal. So, yeah, I thought so. I gave it a shot. Thanks, Jimmy. 561-8255. Uh, is it time for a hint? I think perhaps. 561-8255. Um, Here's a hint. All right. It was a very festive time, and they would have festivals. Okay. There you go. Good hint. Let's go to William. Hey, William. William's going to get it. William. Hey, William. Uh, all we have is a dial tone. William. All right, give us a call back, William. 561-8255. Um, so it's, it's sort of a festive feast. Mm-hmm. 561-8255. Let's go to James. Hey, James. Hey, James. Do you want another hint besides the fact that it's a festive feast? Sure, because the last hint threw me off. Okay. 
it is very surprising that anybody would want this for their Christmas dinner. Okay. I think I might know it. Is it a suckling pig? It's not that. It's a, not no. that. You're in the right zip code again, but I, I need something a lot more specific in than that. In the same part of the farm. Yeah. <laughs> five six one eight two five five. Let's go to Russ. Hey, Russ. Hey, Russ. Hey, how are y'all doing tonight? We're doing right. well. Hope you are. What do you think? Yes, sir. How about a Christmas goose? It's not a goose. No, it's not. Five six one eight two five five. Thanks for calling, though, Russ. Let's go to, is it William? Every time you go to William, you get a dial tone. Five, it's okay. I'm I'm letting you know, it has something to do with pig. All right, we'll make it real clear there. It's not goose. It's not mutton. It's something to do with pig. But I need something specific. Let's go back to Paula. You want a round two? Yes, I want round two. All right. What do you think? All right. Pork loin. That's not it. Huh? <laughs> it I love not, me some pork loin, though. It is a good not idea. It. All right, let's go. Who's, who's next? Hey, how are you? Who do we have here? Hey, hey, Nancy. Hi, Nancy. Hey, Nancy. Everybody's going through round two. What do you think, Nancy? <laughs> yes, Nancy. What, you're on with us. What do you think? What's your guess? Bar- barbecue. <laughs> it is nah. not barbecue. But I tell you what, that that brings up another good hint, Nancy. Although I'm not going to let you guess again, but if you've been to an Eastern North Carolina barbecue, perhaps you have experienced this mm-hmm. to some degree. And perhaps, perhaps some people don't like their food looking back at them. Yeah, it's it's one feast that if you're looking at the dinner table in England years ago, uh, your your food will be looking back at you. Who do we have now? Well, how are you doing? It's Larry. Hey, Larry. Hey, Larry. Hey, y'all. Uh, at first, I was thinking about Tiny Tim and the big, beautiful goose, but I know it's not goose now. It's not goose. So I'm just going to say I'm going to say hog head. Hog head. A hog head. A hog head. I have to give it to you. Yep. Uh, it is a <laughs> pig's head smothered in mustard. Prior. Mm, yum. Yeah. You ever heard, <laughs> you ever heard of the boars the boars head festivals? That was oh uh, yeah. They began yeah. as a pagan festival, then the then the Christian church kind of took it over. And uh, you know we were saying that's probably where they got the uh, you know the deli meats boar heads meat. That's probably mm-hmm. where they came from. So yeah, prior to yeah. the traditional Christmas dinner of turkey, the traditional English Christmas dinner centered around a pig's head smothered in mustard. I, I just, you know, I, I know that times weren't as uh, prosperous and way I, back, but wow. But they had to drink a lot of, was it mead during the Middle Ages before they did that? <laughs> yeah. Was that what it was, yeah, mead, right. that they used to drink? Yeah, well, but, uh, you know, if you've been to, uh, I remember we took our kids to our first pig picking in eastern North Carolina, and that that pig was sliced from the snout all the way down to the tail. From his nose to his tail. <laughs> Indeed it was. All right, so uh, this is Larry, right? Yes, sir. All right, Larry, where are you calling from? Down here in uh, Halls Run, North Carolina. All right, Larry from Halls Run. Hang in there. We're going to get all your information and get you those certificates. Benny and I will be right back. He's washed his hands so many times he can now see the answers to his tests from high school. Uh, those aren't the right answers. And you never know what to expect with Tom Lambrecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Congratulations, Larry Lore from Hulls Run, North Carolina, down there south of Jacksonville. He uh, got it right. 
the uh, Christmas dinner for many decades at the English dinner table was a pig's head smothered in mustard. <laughs> I guess you'd have to smother it in mustard to, uh, <laughs> you know, if you're hungry enough, though, you'll eat anything, right? <laughs> I'll let you have the boar's head. Speaking of Kamala Harris's laugh, she's not faring very well. Mm. Um, you know, there's only one thing worse than being disliked. Now, she's got the disliked part all wrapped up. She's she's doing very well on the dislike. But what's worse than being disliked? It's being ignored. <laughs> being ignored, yeah. Yeah. And uh, apparently she's being ignored. According to Google, let's go Brandon. <laughs> is more popular there's more people searching for let's go brandon than searching for kamala harris between i know (laughs) between october 5th and november 8th the phrase consistently let's go brandon consistently beat harris in web searches harris has seen a spike in searches on november 19th uh that was when uh, biden briefly transferred presidential power to her while they were looking up his birth certificate, getting a colonoscopy. Um, so let's go, Brandon, is uh, more popular than uh, Kamala. Speaking of the vice president, there was a report out today. I forgot, uh, I don't remember where, but she was asked about the next election, and she said her and the president had not spoken about the next election. I thought that was a while back that she said that. Did she repeat it again? Yeah, something, huh. it was something out today. <clears throat> and, you know, that's... Well, they may not have spoken at all about anything, because yeah. you know, because they, you know, when you see them together now, they they kind of keep their distance. It is uh, pretty obvious that uh, they're not uh, best buds. Well, she called him a racist. You know, she called him a racist during yeah. the primary and uh, talked about, uh, hey, you should believe uh, what was her name that everybody's ignored Tara Reid. Yeah. So that, that sort of dissipated i mean and he and he chose her just because he was told by by uh Clyber and out of south carolina to do it basically yeah so it's um check the box uh, yeah you know th- th- this next election is the republicans for the taking uh will they blow it i i pray they don't but uh sometimes you you look at the republican party and you ask yourself uh what are they thinking what are they doing uh, they should ask us what to do. Yeah. We'll be happy to tell you. <laughs> hey, listen, have a great night. We'll do it again tomorrow at 5 o'clock. We'll see you then. Bye-bye, everybody. All right, all right, all right.